in a move sure to anger some of you, it is all Mr. X today on the free version of the Zabecast. You are looking live along with the boys. Scott and Sally are behind the paywall on the premium edition, on the subscriber edition. Go to Zabe.com slash premium and find out how you can be part of that experience. In the meantime, many of you said, give Mr. X some room to roam, for goodness sake. So we will do just that today. Good evening, Mr. X. You are you are all alone tonight on the Zabecast. 30 uninterrupted minutes for us Great. to talk about one of the more challenging weeks when it comes to handicapping the NFL I think anyone has ever seen because of the Omicron variant and all the COVID positives. But good evening. How are you? Welcome to halftime of yeah. the Chargers and the Chiefs. Highly entertaining game in which, I don't know, I guess Brandon Staley hates field goals. Hates them a lot. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's an overcorrector. I mean, you know, careful what you wish for. Over the last 10 years, most smart people have been saying, go more often on fourth, go more often on fourth. And then you're like, stop it. He, <laughs> Not already. He went for fourth and goal early, first drive of the game from like the four. Yep. Missed. Twice. And then he went again on fourth and goal from about the four with only five seconds left in the half. I mean, that's six points you let go right there. You know, they have the charts on what down and distances are more convertible. I mean, it obviously goes up the shorter the distance. Fourth and four is not easy, especially fourth and four in a compressed area of the field. So I don't get it. Yeah, I, I would, my, I know these, these are one of those things we could, you know, you can do for hours and there's so many different views, but I, I, I overly simplify this to say charts are great. Watch the game you're in, read the room. Okay. You know, like if you're first and goal on the four and you throw three incomplete, why the, why do you think <laughs> the next one's better? I mean, if, it, if you could make that, you had three turns. Yeah. That, to me, is a big difference between, you know, if you're on the nine and you run it three times for three yards each and you're to the one, okay, let's go again. But, you know, what's happening on this game matters. I mean, it's 14-10 at the half, and kick a, kick a chip shot field goal, you're up 20-10. to 10. That would be a nice halftime lead, but what uh, do I know? Yeah, what, what do I know? What do you know? We're not as smart as the coaches yeah. out there in the NFL. So, this week in the NFL, there's seven games of a nine-and-a-half-point spread or larger. That's the the most in any one week we've had all year. We got sure. two home dogs of well over 10 points, which is unusual, and the weirdest week of line movements ever. The Eagles went from minus two-and-a-half to nine-and-a-half as the Wolf has been crushed by COVID. The Raiders crossed the Rubicon from minus four-and-a-half to plus four-and-a-half. Or the other yeah. way around, I believe it is. And the Broncos crossed from plus three to minus two and a half. The Packers moved from two and a half to six as a favorite, but not with any real COVID issues, to my knowledge. It just feels like somebody felt that line was not heavy enough. So it's been well, a wild week. Yeah, I, I would actually say that you're right on all, but the last one has been more a case of 
Originally, everyone assumed Lamar Jackson starting, and now he's iffy. So that's an old-fashioned injury versus oh, really? the rest are all COVID. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone assumed it's a sprained ankle. Oh, he'll be back. Now it's uh, really 50-50 at best, so I think that's what's driving the Packers. Okay. Um, yeah. Hell but of you a, know what? You hell of to, a week, have- though. I mean, you, you are going to have to be eagle-eyed on the COVID lists all the way up until kickoff on yes. Saturday and on Sunday. Yeah, and the two two comments I have on that are number one, any time we start comparing to past, like more of this has happened and more moves and what look, you can't compare COVID to decades of line moves. It, it's just a different ballgame. You know, we we just just have to stop saying, Oh, they don't usually do that. Well yeah, you don't you don't have eight guys sprain an ankle at practice, but you might have eight guys go on the COVID list. So this is just an all new game. But as far as trying to handicap and find teams that you're going to bet on, it's making a full time job out of my full time job. job. I hate it when that, <laughs> that doesn't seem right. I know you asked for extra time today. I could have put this podcast to bed hours ago, but you said you're grinding. You're working the angles. Well, by the way, if you want more information, you want the latest up-to-the-minute stuff, uh, go to callmemrx.com. You can visit it over the weekend, interact there, and it's all there for you. But anyone who anyone who bets a game now for Sunday better be pretty brave. <laughs> you know what? What? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm what sorry. do you think? Well, I have that question all the time. That's one of the most common questions listeners ask me and email me well some would say what if i bet the right side and i'm right right. that the that i get a much better price because covid further decimates the other team well the the the, the theory is they say to me don't bet it early because something could happen but couldn't it happen to the other side to which you pull out the homer simpson you would think that wouldn't you would think that wouldn't you and all i can say is when you're talking real money I, I'm not going to play it and say, oh, maybe something will happen to the other team. Yes, in theory, that's fine. But when it's real money, I want to wait and know what I'm doing because odds are you either you still play it or maybe you back off. You just don't want to be locked in to something and then go, oh, look what happened Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. just, you know, I know it's true that it could help you as much as it could hurt you. It just never seems to come out that but way. But there's too much volatility. For example, the Browns, sure. the Browns Raiders game could be punted to Tuesday, and depending on whether or not they do further tweaks of the COVID rules, you might buy the Raiders at a price you think is great because the Browns are decimated. But then they punt the game to Tuesday, change the rules, and suddenly the oh. Browns are a lot stronger. Exactly. You know what? I, I think I would use. A Wall Street analogy, which is Wall Street wants one thing. Certainty. Certainty. Yeah. And it's you can go long, you can go short, give me certainty. So when it comes to gambling, betting on Wednesday and Thursday, you're putting uncertainty into the mix these days. That yep. said, don't overestimate either raw numbers of guys out with COVID. Focus on those who are going to matter. Because sure. even star players you think would matter. Hell, the Rams lost Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby on the day of the game this past Monday night, and still won rather easily. And I and uh, I made the case to my group that Monday, 
where I, I loved Dan, Dan and I both loved the Cardinals that week, but we backed off on Monday because of the, I backed off on Monday because of the COVID hitting the Rams. And my point of it was it's one thing to lose guys. It's another thing to lose them on game day. Now you didn't prepare the week. You know, if you lose a guy and you prepare the week, so be it. When you lose them on game day or, you know, literally 12 hours before, that's kind of, to me, more of an impact. So that doesn't, it should never make you change sides, but it made me say, nah, I think I'll pass this one. And right. obviously wished I hadn't. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into some uh, non week 15 betting stuff before we review last week and give us, okay. give our picks out for this week. What would you like to start on this week? Well, I'm going to start with one thing because I was listening to uh, Zabecast. And, you know, I was going to talk for a second about it's interesting to me the evolution. We start with sports talk radio. You know, let's talk all day, every day about sports. Wasn't that great? No waiting for the sports part on the news. Isn't this great? But then you had, it it seemed like, and, and God, here's where I go sucking up to Zabe again, which I don't need to do. But the reason I connected with you 20-something years ago is you they all had this, um, oh, don't talk about gambling. That's just not right. And you had a, let's just call it an interest or a, it was a curiosity, like, what's going on there? This stuff seems real, and everybody else wanted to ignore it. And that's why I first connected with you. But my point is now with the, the, the legal eyes all over the place and, and you can't watch a game without something sponsored by, you know, DraftKings or MG, whatever, they've moved gambling. Not only is it okay, but it's right up at the top of, of the attention. But the problem is, to me, the problem in the industry right now is it's like they took all of the best – guys that talk smooth and make good points and you know are are, are fluid all this all the crap that i'm not (laughs) all those guys and say you know you're really good at sports why don't you fill the gambling segment like why they they've taken the show ponies and said here here's a sheet of spreads why don't you talk about this Exactly. And it, to me, I equate that to like, you know, hey, you know what? You've done a great job with, you know, ankle surgery. How about we give you some knees? I mean, well, wait a minute. I mean, I want some experience. I want somebody that's done it. I wish that these guys now granted uh, college game day who brings out the bear. They do that. He's, he's you know, he's been doing this for decades. Uh, he's a good, smart uh, dude. Chris Felica is excellent, I think. Yeah, there's some. But then there's some that you're like, yeah, you've been good. And if you moved from one studio to the other, you're not the guy. You should have been doing it before. Yeah. I mean, sorry, but I started this in 1988, okay? And, you know, I remember the first time I went to Zabe Vegas, <laughs> and everybody was like, hey, Mr. X is coming, Mr. X is coming. And then they see me, and they're like, really? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's it? They were expecting Tony Soprano's brother-in-law, so, you know, and it's like, no, you know, so um, I just I just well, don't like it. it's so hard. Why can't they bring in a guy with 25? And I don't yeah. mean me. Why can't they bring in a guy with 25 years of Vegas experience? Because there's plenty of them. Well, well here's and here's the reason why you're, talk, you're that, talking mostly television. I don't believe you're yeah, talking radio. Okay. But when it comes to television, uh, the suits who are absolutely afraid of taking any risk whatsoever in hiring talent. Stick with known entities. 
And they want show ponies. They want guys who look good on TV. A perfect example is once upon a time, the Golf Channel used to bring on a panel of three or four golf writers that would talk about the tournaments. Like they would have them on the set for their live from at the Masters, at the U.S. Open, at the PGA. And they were great. Alex Maselli and John Feinstein. But guess what? They didn't look good on TV. And guess what else? They, at times, were a little bit too pointed in their commentary on the players, the course, the tournament, etc. And so television being so prone and in service to the leagues that they cover and so afraid of any blowback from an agent, from a star player, uh, they don't want that. So all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but you just kind of noticed over time, what happened to all the writers that were on the Golf Channel doing really good commentary on a roundtable at the U.S. Open Masters, et cetera? They got rid of them for the show ponies. So they just have ex-tour guys like Nabilo and Chambly, and it's more boring, but it's safe. It's you safe. know, you, you just opened my eyes in a roundabout way to the sense that who's their target Maybe they're bringing in a, let's just call it a smooth-talking sports guy who doesn't really know gambling, but neither do the listeners, so maybe that's just okay no. because there's not a lot of you're, good gamblers that are watching that stuff. You're, so acting, you're, right. you're acting as if management that hires these talent care about the end user, the consumer. It's okay. like the line in Seinfeld. Of course they'll watch it. It's on TV. You know, people watch whatever is on TV. They'll watch it no matter what. These suits, all they care about is what defensible hire can I make that will not be a disaster? And I can say, well, of course. I hired so-and-so. Don't you remember him? He used to be on ESPN on Saturdays. Hey, how about that? And if I, as a competitor, hired a better 30-year veteran in the gambling industry and put on a better show... It's not going to necessarily oh. be considered yeah. any better. So why right. bother? Right. That's the thing. Also, here's this: better doesn't always win. Better oh, doesn't always find a mass market appeal. Sure. I mean, the TV show Roseanne was the number one TV show in America for a long ass running time. It was not any kind of dynamic show, but it hit the demographic sweet spot of people who didn't want to think a whole lot and have a few laughs. Yep. Yeah, no, and it's just that that's the analogy there is it's just like the right side of a game doesn't always win. <laughs> that's right. All right, number two, betting on bowl games. First of all, there are guys dropping out left and right. Kenny Pickett, Pitt quarterback, has just dropped out of the bowl game for them. I don't remember who they play or not, but this is happening left and right. It'll continue to happen, and we're so far away from many of these bowl games. Would you really bet them now? Yeah, there's there's just some, oh gosh, no, back to that original opening thing of we don't know what's coming. No, it used to be, it was a real art to betting bowl games, and I'm going back 15, 20 years, and the point was, there was two main theories coaches took to bowl games. One coach would say, congratulations guys, hell of a year, we worked hard, (laughs) we're going to Florida, (laughs) and they would party and they would have fun oh they'd, they'd be so excited a plane Thank trip five hundred dollars worth of swag oh that's a let's go thing. yeah congratulations this game doesn't count we we you know we won the conference we came in second right. go go enjoy great job and but don't forget game saturday there's kind of a curfew fine 
And then there was the coach who said, this is our final exam. You know, we've worked all year. We've got to, we got to end strong. Blah, blah, blah. And you know what, when those, if you could, when you followed the coach's um, approach, that was much more than of any other part of the evaluation. And you could really do well in bowl games. Well, not only do you still have that, but now you have the who feels like opting out, who feels like playing. It, it's it's really it's getting to the point where I'm thinking, how much overtime am I going to put into this, and how much do you say, yeah, no, this is almost like gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Very much like gambling. Uh, someone, uh, I think, oh. I think your friend and mine, Andy Poland, uh, once said oh. about these bowls, of which I believe all but two are owned by ESPN slash ABC. Disney, he said these bowl games are effectively the Yule log, very expensive Yule logs on TV. For those who don't know, some public access channels used to just show a burning log in a fake fireplace for those who lived in apartments in New York City who couldn't afford or didn't have a fireplace, but they could put a TV picture of a log burning. You can always put a damn bowl game on if you don't want to talk to the in-laws in the next two weeks. Which, by the way, that has value. <laughs> it does. Has yeah, value. It actually does. Oh, really? Do you mm. really care a lot about Montana State versus Southern? You're damn right I do. I'm sorry. I'd love to come in. I'll be there in a minute. You know? <laughs> exactly. But by the way, how about this one? This one's kind of a brand, the brand new bowl game this year, and I don't know the name, but it's at Fenway Park on December 30, I think. Okay. And Virginia's playing SMU, you know, my alma mater, Virginia. The, it's the Wasabi, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Yes. How did I forget that Wasabi? <laughs> but okay, you know, it, it, you know, I don't, I don't do it anymore. But I'm thinking, hey, I wonder where Virginia's going this year. And, you know, Florida, somewhere south. I love Fenway Park. It's the, it's my mecca. It's not good on December. <laughs> no. No. And my kids made the joke because when I do my sports bucket list. I've pretty much checked almost everything off. I've I've been in person to all the things, all the World Series, Super Bowl, NBA Finals. I, I've done it all. The one thing I've not done, Wrigley Field, Fenway. I've done them. The only I, I still need to do Lambo if I ever get invited out there. But the only other thing I really need to do is I haven't sat on top of the monster in Fenway. And I had to explain to them, no, that does not include a December 30th sit up in the air on the monster in the freezing snow. Could that be does not count. A little bit chilly. Yeah, that doesn't count. I want to go in the summertime. Uh, wasabi, it, it is not the, uh, uh, would it be a condiment wasabi? That's uh, on sushi, wasabi. Yeah. Uh, it's not the condiment, it is wasabi technologies. They got reserve capacity storage, pay-as-you-go object storage. They got cloud NAS. They got transfer appliances. They got file acceleration. They got it. Wasabi. I only remember the old Bud Light Wasabi commercial. What's that? <laughs> Don't up. you remember those? You mean what's up? No. Well, but then it turned into Wasabi. Oh, it did? Migrated to Wasabi. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah there was From a whole what, sequence of those commercials. Right. Yes. Yeah. Wasabi, of course, being a Japanese horseradish, right. uh, which is used as a side little accent for um, sushi. I like plain sushi that has no green in it. So I will eat the tuna and rice, and I will eat the salmon on rice. But right. so help me God, if they put a clump of wasabi inside that little plastic dome, I am out. 
Wow. If, if we ever do vegetable trivia, you're on my team. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving down your list here. How next up, Let's talk about Urban. Uh, first coach to be fired was listed, uh, or the, or the Urban Meyer's uh, chances or his odds to be the first coach fired was a staggering 50 to 1. Would have been yeah. a nice payday had you hit it. Who was the leading uh, odds odds on favor to get fired first? Well, I don't recall that, but I do know that usually it's somebody who's on the hot seat long before, not right. a free, not a rookie. And we took the even though I went totally against that theory, and I, I took the Houston guy, even though he's a rookie head coach, and I can't think of his name. But I took the David, Texans, David coach. Cully. Cully, yeah, I took him because he was such a disaster in the off season and training camp. I said I don't even think they're going to have patience with him, and I took him. I thought I had a shot, but. I didn't count on Urban being such a scumbag. Uh, Matt Matt Nagy was your favorite yes. at plus yes. 200. Mike Zimmer was second at plus five. Yeah. yeah. And this one says uh, plus 600 was Urban Meyer, but these odds were as recently as December 6th. Well, that's up to Yeah, before the season, it's always the guys that were on the hot. It's not but, the brand. But Nagy guys. and, and wow. Zimmer sounded about right. Yeah. Yeah, because they've been on the hot seat for a couple of years, so it makes sense. But yeah, we were all on uh, we were all on the Houston guy. So I, I was I was hoping Irvin could at least last a little while longer. God, what, oh, I mean, wow. but, what I mean, he hold is, on, I, this is amazing. Uh, June, uh, as of June, the odds the odds yeah. on favored to be fired first was Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys. That makes some sense too. At plus seven fifty, yeah. Vic Fangio for the Broncos. Same Nagy, John Gruden. Well, wait a minute, Gruden. I know. Hold the hold the I phone. I don't get it. I don't get it. I have not seen a book that counted Gruden yet because of the resignation. Some of my, you know, a lot of my, my guys, my VIP guys, they emailed me and said, "Hey, does that count?" And I said, "Check your own book because they all treat it different." And and they would all tell me, um, "Cully is still showing pending." And I said, "If it's still showing pending, then they're not counting Gruden. Don't ask, don't tell. Wow. <laughs> just just let's yeah. let it ride." So I don't know why it wouldn't have counted because it's the old, you know, you're fired. No, you can't fire me. I quit. I mean, that's, you know, that's the same thing. All right. Here's a question. Didn't count. Here's a question for you. Is the Urban Meyer hiring a disaster? Because I maintain it isn't. It's a fast. Well, here's why. It's a (laughs) fast moving mistake. And I want my mistakes to be fast moving storms. Yes. You're going to get drenched. You're going to look stupid. But it's going to blow over. Shad Khan may win a for-cause you know, lawsuit with Urban Meyer and not pay him a, another cent. Do you know how, you know how desirable difference. that job is now? You've got a 1-1 quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You've got $70 million in cap space. And you've got the low bar set by the dummy before you. I don't think it's a disaster. Other than money, it's an embarrassment. See, there's a difference, X, between an embarrassment, which it is, and a disaster. Wow. So you're going to say because it failed so bad, it's good. (laughs) Well, yeah, because what happens next year? It's like a mulligan in a round of golf where you're not playing for any money. Oh, out of bounds. Here's another one. Who fucking cares? Seriously, Mr. X. What okay. is the long – if something's a disaster, it has to have long-term effects. I'll tell you what was a disaster. 
Robert Griffin III because that had a long tail of disaster. Draft picks were surrendered to get him. He got injured, so then you had to wait to nurse him back to health. He was Mm -hmm. bad after that. You had to pretend for a third year that he was going to be something. He took down a coach with him. (laughs) That's a disaster. This was an embarrassment. Okay, there, there's, you know what, that's that's a really good point. I'm going to carve this into two pieces. Number one is, did the franchise, you know, suffer and are in a disastrous place? And your point is, no. You know, you were oh, terrible last oh, year, and now you're actually in a better spot. And I think so, they still own their number one pick for this coming spring, which would be so very high. Yeah. So I get you that the franchise didn't, like, get crippled by the move. Fine, but I don't want to be the guy who went to the owner and said, I got this. I got an idea because how good do you look right now? (laughs) Okay, And that's what I always look at. Like, you know, when you sign that, you know, $200 million free agent in baseball and the owner says, are you sure this is our guy? And you say yes. And, you know, half a season later, you're going, you know, I think I can dump his contract. I mean, you're like, really? You know, yeah. so in that sense, it's a disaster for whoever thought it was worth the money because that should. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Those to me piss poor judgment. But is the franchise in a terrible spot? No, you're exactly right. I mean, well, they're, you know, they're Jacksonville. So, I mean, it's still Jacksonville, but you know, they, yes, they're in position to move. They should be able to get, they should be able to have a better choice than they had a year ago. But I mean, is there anybody in recent memory that is so like successful and terrible all at the same time as urban Meyer succeeding at certain colleges and flaming out every step of the way? Well, He's as hit or miss as you can get. Here, here's the thing about Urban Meyer. Someone said, well, do you think he became this giant asshole somewhere along the way? And I said, no, I think he was – once he got a head coaching job, he was pretty much a narcissist. What happened was it's like a hurricane that goes over warm water. When a, when a head coach who is so into himself gets success, it's like warm water for a hurricane. It just spins it up into being a cat five narcissistic dickhead head coach. And that's what he was. Very good, mind you. Great at recruiting. Good at the college game X's and O's. That's undisputable. Good family, man. (laughs) No, dick. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, right, exactly. But but a guy who who got out of town at the first sign of trouble 
went back on his word multiple times, was so full of shit, uh, willingly uh, ran interference for a domestic abuser on his staff at Ohio State, and did dumb shit that got him fired at Jacksonville. Whether or not Josh Lambeau's claim is true, half true, sort of true, totally true, it doesn't matter. We saw him grinding on that co-ed at the bar. No NFL coach doesn't fly home with the team. He was the one guy that didn't, and then got caught being hammered being a horny pervert and well and he but he apologized for putting himself in that situation right. exactly another half-assed apology look there's a saying when people tell you who they are believe them well, yeah now i give that i don't think i think the answer to that is you are who you are sometimes it takes a while before you pull the curtain back on the wizard of oz sure yeah and that curtain's been pulled back, but he didn't change. It sure has. Okay, shall we get to our wagers for the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, First one, of all. One, one last thing. Did you see Cliff Kingsbury? I'm sorry, I just was looking. This past week when uh, Arizona Cardinal coach, and he said, Bill Belichick should be the NFL coach of the year every year, and that's just all there is to it. And what do you make of that? Well, he's he's right, but he never wins. Well, I know it's funny. He never wins because it's like it's expected, and you only win if you like do something really unexpected. But I just thought it was interesting that a peer like came out and said, "There's it's just not even a race. Every year he's the best." I thought that was interesting. Right. Well, right, speaking week. speaking of that, uh, did you see where the MVP race is down to two guys now? That's oh, Brady, Brady and Rogers, and, with yeah. Brady as the favorite by a fairly wide margin because the MVP is a writer's award. Yep. And you know what the writers think of Aaron Rodgers and who won it last year, Aaron Rodgers. The writers don't like to give it to the same guy back-to-back years, no matter how good a year he's having, and Rodgers is having a scorchingly good year. You You really think he's having a better year than Brady, though? He's not. Well, statistically... Statistically, he's ranked like seventh in quarterbacks right, right hold, now. Hold on. Let me look it up. Maybe I haven't. Man, we know there's a thousand different metrics, but that QBR or passer ringer, he's like seventh. I think he's. Whoa, 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 whoa. You you go by QBR? That, I don't know. I that that non QBR is an QBR. ESPN cooked up metric. That includes okay. bullshit we don't get to see. It includes subjective measures that they put into the stew about performance in the fourth quarter and clutch this, clutch that. I go by passer rating. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to make the case that you just mentioned that it's writers. What the hell do you think they go by? All right. That's what I'm saying. All right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying he's in both passer rating and QBR, both of those metrics. I think last I looked, he's like sixth or seventh in each, isn't he? All right, hold on a second here. Why can't I? You guys, talk amongst yourselves while we look this up. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, my uh, you know, Pro Football Reference has a great sortable table. Oh, there we go. Okay, finally got it. All right. Um, passer one, two, three, four five. Rogers is uh, Rogers is number one. In passer, in passer rating. Really? Passer rating. He is number four in QBR, but he is number four only because, well, he's three points off that lead. 
67.7 is Brady in QBR, and Rodgers is 64.9. Now, let's go to yards per game. Brady's one at 318 per game, but how about we go to yards per attempt as a better metric? Murray, Kyler Murray is number one yards per attempt. Burrow two, Garoppolo three, Matthew Stafford four. Brady throws a lot. Oh, well, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way because I have always been a believer, and I know you you you're now pledging allegiance to the pack, and I like the pack, but but I've always felt like every first and goal from a foot out, Aaron Rodgers throws for a touchdown. His numbers are inflated because of that. The number of one-yard TDs to Devontae Adams, where it's like, you got four pops, we're going to score. No, 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 I want the TD pass. I mean, his numbers are a little misleading. I've always felt for that reason, because it's heavily tilted to TD passes. Well, it must be be easy to throw it in the end zone from the one-yard line. It's weird, because I see a lot of teams struggling to throw it into the end zone from the one or the three or the four-yard line. Why don't you just tell them, just throw it into the end zone. It's easy. It's only three (laughs) or four yards. Come on, Mr. X. You're better than that. You know that. No, but I'm saying he has – One-yarders are just as good as 50-yarders, bro. I don't know, man. They're not easy. That's why teams go for it on fourth and goal and don't get it after throwing three times in a row like we just saw with the the, the Chargers tonight. It's hard to throw touchdowns in that tight of a space, but fine, whatever. Brady has nothing to do, Brady has nothing has, to do with, <laughs> with my early season bet on Brady at 5-1 to one to win MVP. It has nothing to do with that. Brady has 36 <laughs> touchdowns. Rodgers has just 27. Rodgers missed a game, though. Duh. Yep. Yeah, he probably had nine that game, so that would be even. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's had, I, it's amazing the year he's having. They're both look, they're but they're it's a two man race, there's no question. Um you know. uh completion. If it ended today, I'd lean Brady, but we'll see uh, what happens. Here's a shocker completion percentage. You know who's number two? Tua Tonga Vialoa. Tua, yeah, I know. That's pretty yeah, good. Now, now his hey. his yards per game is low. Talk about a low uh oh. yards per attempt guy, but still. No, the you know it used when I was a kid, Abe, which was before you were. Completion percentage was how you crowned the passing champion. Oh, really? I bet you. I bet you remember that back in like the they had a hey, he led the league at fifty six percent. He was number one. That's what they did long before these metrics. Yeah, yeah and the guys were all in the fifties, and whoever hit fifty six instead of fifty four, he was the champ. Yes. Anyway, the uh, yeah. the the thing about Brady and Rogers being the only two guys who are the overwhelming favorites to win MVP. Uh, many, Some people have said, and I think rightly so, it just proves that the NFL is too easy for the better quarterbacks. For the really well, good maybe, quarterbacks who are healthy. Good's really important. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the, the NFL has, what, 1,800-plus players populating yeah. its rosters? You're telling me there's only two guys that are worthy of MVP consideration? What does that tell you? The league is too fucking heavily geared towards quarterbacks. Period. End of story. Yeah, no, they don't run the ball anymore, and it's it's just like this, a quarterback who's smart enough to spread the ball around isn't going to let his receiver be an MVP. <laughs> you know, so as long as you spread it around, you're the man. But NFL, Murray, hold on, NFL, until he got hurt. I know. NFL yeah. MVP wiki by the years. Okay, I'm 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 pretty sure I'm right about this. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I want to say that Ray Lewis won it one year. 
at middle linebacker. He won that, Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. But if not he won regular season. season. Okay. Now, Lawrence Taylor was there were two I can tell you this off the top of my head. When I was a kid, the first defensive player to win MVP was Alan Page of the Vikings, defensive tackle. Okay. And I'm how about sure the second was Lawrence Taylor. How about the last running back to win it? Take a guess. Derrick Henry? No, he didn't win. Uh Latanian Tomlinson. I don't know. Adrian Peterson, two thousand twelve. Okay. Uh, yeah. LT was the next most recent running back to win it in 06. Ah, Sean Alexander okay. won it in 05. Think That's about good. that. In the mid-aughts, back-to-back years, running backs won the MVP. Yep, yep. Good old days. You know, off the top of my head, I'll tell you one thing. Marshall the- Falk won it in 2000. And he was more of an all-purpose guy, so that, that made a lot of sense. Terrell yeah. Davis won it in 98. Barry Sanders shared it with Brett Favre in 97. The last defensive player to win league MVP was Lawrence Taylor. I think the only other one was Alan I think there's only two. I'm not sure, but I think there's only two. Uh, Alan Page in 71. 71, yep. Yeah. Anyway, all right. As a matter of fact, to close that one other thing, you know, when they, they used to consider the passing champion to be the highest percent, and there was a guy on the Bengals – one year that out of nowhere hit like 60%. He was the first dump-off king, and that's when they changed it. I think his name was Cook, something Cook, and um, <laughs> like before Kenny Harrison. And, and when he hit 60, they said, okay, wait a minute. This metric sucks. All right. Let's. Okay. By the way, oh, man. So Dodgers much, four, Rangers three. <laughs> so, much, so much room back here in uh, row 36 where there's nobody in the back of the plane on this wonderful red-eye flight. 36 minutes in. I am not rushing Mr. Uh-oh. X, and we haven't even gotten to our picks for the week. Let's mm-hmm. start by recapping last week. Let's yes. see. El Baldo said, I'm taking the show pony trifecta. It's time for the good quarterbacks to shine. I said, give me a three-pack of Rodgers, Brady, and Dak Prescott. Probably the three best QBs in the league. Oh, look at that. Three and a week for the kid. Did it take a huge surge by Rodgers on uh, Sunday night? Yes, it did, but it counts. (laughs) Did it take a lucky overtime win for Brady and the Buccaneers? Yes, it did. I'll take it. Did I almost see it vanish in the... Dallas versus Wolf game. Yes, I did, but none of that happened. Winner, winner, winner. Three and O dinner. Three and O doesn't matter how it's a winner. Yep, three and O, which puts you at twenty-one and twenty and one over five hundred on the year. What a climb! What a climb back! What was my low point this year? Uh, Let's see. You're seven and thirteen at one point. (laughs) Seven and thirteen. 10 and 16, I think that might be the low. That's six games under deeper into the season yeah. than 7 and 13. And that's hitting the lock, which puts you at 8 and 6, which is a long way from that 3 and 6 start. Five in a row, you can't beat that. Doing pretty good. It all started when I said, try to pick losers, and then you're <laughs> off and running. And I've been hot ever since. Okay, uh, how did you go last week? Well, uh, yeah, I was also 3 and 0. Oh. Um, which puts me 25 and 15, 63%. I'll take it. That's of really sharp. Lock. Yeah, who, hit the who lock. Are you, who are your three here on the podcast? My lock was Baltimore plus two and a half, loses by two, had it all along. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson goes out in the beginning, and we still got there. I still got there, even without Lamar. 
I had the Falcons. And the and Browns half. were hammering. Oh, God, yes. The Ravens. Yes. It looked dead right out of the nowhere. And he would say, I had, yeah, uh, I was not happy about 130, but um, they got their uh, Falcons plus two and a half, one outright easy. And the Chiefs, I called that the square dog play. The world was on Vegas, and the Chiefs covered their number by a mile and a half. So that hit. So, by the way, I'm uh, my locks are now eight, five, and one, way ahead of your eight and six. And the, and I got that little what do you call it? Objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. And you are a half game back and on my tail with your wow. incredible hot streak of late. Yeah. All right. That's so. that said. Uh, combined, our locks are sixteen, eleven, and one. Which is not terrible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I don't think, and we've never overlapped. So it's not, sometimes you, if you have the same one, it's inflated, but I don't think we've had the same one yet this year. Okay. Uh, the favorites had a field day last week. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to, here's where I'm going to, a little bit of take away the humility because the favorites went 11 and three. And when the favorites go 11 and three, which probably happens once every year or two. Everybody walks home going, you know, I'm really good at this. I know. That's <laughs> why really I went three and zero. It was one yeah, of those well, weeks. Yeah, well, and what's funny is, um, all three of those dogs were plus two and a halfs. By the way, ding ding, you know, Baltimore, Atlanta, and Rams all plus two and a half. You know, back to my whole two and a half trap theory right um but other than those three two and a half numbers which were fishy there was favorites everywhere chalk everywhere so what i'm getting at is you know and on my website my god we had a crusher week on sunday we hit everything dana was undefeated i was undefeated undefeated. and then you look at and you see 11 and 3 and you're like yeah everybody had a good week everybody had a good week it was funny that like i said there was only three dogs that hit, and I had two of them in our three. So I hit the only dogs out there. But if you just played chalk, 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 you were a genius last week. That's for sure. Home teams went seven and seven, uh, which, you know, is good for them the way it's been going. And not only did the favorites hit, by the way, but the overs pounded it too. They went 10 and four, which is uh, unders have been hitting all year. So uh, this will be, I haven't, I don't, you know, listen to radio anymore because I stopped that when I stopped you know, driving to work right. 20 years ago. But um, I assume all week there's articles about how the books got pounded because the favorites and the overs. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much I believe it, but it's possible. Well, these are these, these are press releases for gambling yeah. outfits where they're like, That's hey, everybody, look at how easy it is to beat them up. Come on in. The water's the warm. Yeah, the re- yeah, come on in. And as they say, tell them where you got it. <laughs> Make sure you tell them where you got it. That's what the – uh, bookmakers would always say, uh, tell everybody where you got your money. Um, but the thing that's interesting is last week, there were, there were not, when we talked about that, there were not a lot of plays. I think we talked on the show last week that there were so many games that were 50 50 public um, play on both sides. So it was like seven out of 13 were 50 50 games, which is really odd because the public's always betting the favorites. So while I'm not sitting here looking at house data, I'm saying, okay. Did they really take a bath at eleven and three if these games weren't tilted like a usual tilt? You know what I'm saying? By my tracking, I got the public going three and zero oh, because I only showed three really lopsided games. Huh. In a normal week, if it goes eleven and three, they're getting killed. But I don't think a lot of people bet the favorites like a normal week, and maybe that's why they won. Yeah. You know? uh, by the way, update from Los Angeles: it's now a tight game, fourteen thirteen. And the Chargers leading by a point, 
boy, they sure would love those two field goals they sniffed up their nose at. And one of the dumbest plays to make, Joshua Kelly running back on third and goal at the one reaches as he's being hit. And as he reaches the ball out, it gets knocked out of his hands. Turnover at the one. So another empty trip deep into Chiefs territory. The the coach who should be MVP every year, coach of the year, Bill Belichick, what does he teach his players? Don't reach never, for the never reach for the end zone. Well, yeah, and that's the and I, I'm not watching it, but the worst is when they reach for that pylon. Let's say after a long game, where it's like we'd like to have the ball at the one. Just shut up, you know, take it at the one. Don't risk the turnover. Right, because but, you you fumble it through the end zone. It's a touchback. It's a turnover. Okay, right. all right. Uh, anything else from last week to talk about before we launch boldly into week number fifteen? No, let's launch. We're good. Pick number one, I got the Colts minus two and a half. Could be trappy against the Patriots in Indianapolis. Would the line open? Did it open two and a half? Is it staying there? No. Okay. Actually, the Patriots, I don't, I'm not quite. There was so much going on this week, I'm not following. The Patriots actually opened as a slight favorite. Why it shifted to Indy, I'm, I'm not sure just yet. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think it's about okay. time. Uh, to cool off. You're right. The, this one crossed. Colts yeah. were plus two did. and a half. Crossed to Colts minus two and a half. Uh, I know you go broke going against Belichick and the Patriots, but I think it's time to shade him just a bit, cool him off. I got Blue Horseshoe and, and uh, Frank Reich plus or minus the two and a half in Indy. Pick number two, Bills minus ten and a half. Error <laughs> of recency. What did you see last? They were getting hammered by a very good Buccaneers team. And they almost pulled it out in overtime. Guess what? They played a lot of good teams along the way here as they've suffered losses to kind of even up their record. But guess what? They're playing a shit team this week. It's Carolina. I think the Bills at home roll. And they bounce back in the big way. I got Buffalo minus 10.5. Third pick, Seattle plus 4 at the Rams. Now, uh, is it plus 4? Hold on. Or is it minus 4 because of all this COVID stuff? You get to 5.5 now. I'll give you 5.5 on that one. Really? Oh, you're right. Well, I saw five and a half scores and odds says it's currently four. I don't know what that means. I know this. The Rams were seven to start the week. It's cooled down because of all their COVID issues. But I just think that this feels like a loser. It's why it's my lock of the week. I don't like the Seahawks. I don't buy the Seahawks. I think the Rams are fundamentally good. They've got great wide receivers. They're feeling their oats after beating uh, Arizona. They're at home. Why would I like the Seahawks? It's wrong, which means it's right, which means it's my lock. Seattle plus four, but I wouldn't mind five and a half if you can shop it to me. Wow. You know what? This is what happens when I um, delay our recording because I just looked, and it was five and a half. When I, uh, two hours ago, it's just moved to four. You are correct. Interesting. So, by the now, way, is my is scoresandodds.com the best place for the so-called definitive line or no? It's as good as any. If you click on um, game details, you will see every change made, and there'll be a, a zillion of them. Oh. You'll see every change made. Oh, click yeah, you know what? Down. They do. Yeah, they, they actually break it out by sports book. Uh, well, no, I don't mean that. 
I mean, okay, wait a minute. When you do it, click well, on line movements. Well, no, I, 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 there's compare. Oh, I see. There's line movements, right? See okay. line movements. It goes day and time of every move overall. Yeah. And you can track. Look, there's thousands there practically in most weeks. Every little tiny adjustment. So that's that's as good a spot as yeah. Any, scores yes. and odds aggregates from a number of different uh, right. places. One of them appears to be MGM. Yep. Uh, one of them be- appears to be DraftKings. One appears to be FanDuel, and uh, down down the line, it's about yes. eight of them. Yeah. So when you drop that down, you see that around eight o'clock tonight, it went from five and a half to four. That's a that's a big move, which tells me something happened tonight, and I don't know what. But you can take your pick also and call it. I mean, without doing some homework, that's almost a planes, trains, and automobiles because seventy five percent of the world's betting on the Rams. Why did that just drop to four? Um, we'd like to sit there and say we know why, and the reality is in about 20 minutes we'll probably find out somebody else failed a test or something, yeah. you know, so All it's right. a hard. So there's my three. Okay. Colts minus two and a half, Bills minus ten and a half, lock of the week, Seattle plus four. Who do you got? Okay. On my first thing I said is I guarantee Zabe will pick the Bills. I got that right. <laughs> I just saw why? that one. Why'd you feel that one? Um, well, pretty much everything you said. Okay. Um, Bills, you know, struggle lately. It's ten and a half, a big number, and I said, oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna lay that." Um, by the way, eighty over eighty percent is on the Bills, so that's you, a little scary. But it's maybe, scary. You, you know that Carolina. I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree. With it. I'm, Carolina I'm has had nine different offensive line combinations. Who? They were Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Carolina, Carolina is was built around Christian McCaffrey, who hasn't been like in I the said, lineup in is, weeks. This, they're the most one man team there is in this league. Well, and and I mean they got Cam Newton yeah. and Scrubs, uh, PJ Walker at quarterback. Uh, Bills at home are going to feast on them. Yeah. Well, you and eighty-two or three percent of the world, <laughs> maybe, <no brainer. laughs> maybe. Luckily, luckily, everyone knows more than those guys that said oh, those things. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, anyway, okay. I, um, here's mine. Uh, I'm going to take. Hold on, I got to delete Rams because something just happened. I was on the other side of that. Boy, one. I'm going to okay. delete it. Here's mine. I'm going to take, once again, I'm going to take Baltimore plus five and a half, um, hosting the Packers solely for the reason that it's kind of set there assuming he's not playing, um, you know, and it's kind of early, but I think they can cover that if Lamar's out and if Lamar's in. I think that's a letdown spot for the Packers. I'll take Baltimore. My second one is I will take Denver laying two, hosting Cincinnati a line that's been moving all over the place. I think the world kind of loves Cincy right now. They're fun, but Denver at home is still the play. I'll take them. But my lock of the week this week will be, um, I'll take, I do not understand why this is a 50-50 game. I will take Tennessee minus one uh, at Pittsburgh. I have been predicting wheels falling off the Steeler wagon for a month, and I will continue to do so. Um, is my number one. All right. For more, go to callmemrx.com. As always, bet only as much as you can afford to win. As Furio once said, bet with your head and no over it. And as you like to remind people, winning is nice, but... Yeah, getting paid's nicer. And if all that fails, go to the Steve Mariucci board. <laughs> with all the, with all all the right. rules. <laughs> all right, we'll chat next week, Mr. X. Thank you. All right, see you, buddy. There you go. And there it is. Your solo X cast for a Friday. Hope you're happy. Enjoy. Enjoy.